In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We've got one of our favourite guests from sunny Denver, but it did say it was snowing today. Benjamin Albright. Benjamin, how are you? I'm doing well. It was snowing this morning. It's... uh... A little overcast there. I know I'm backlit, so it looks like it's sunnier than it is. But uh, um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's okay weather here. Mate, it's been 18 months since I've seen you in Denver, and uh, how's things been going over there? Oh, not too too bad. Well, we gotta we gotta get you back out here, man. We gotta go out for beers again. Mate, awesome, mate. And uh, mate, I love it when I see uh, all your uh, hot takes come true, mate. So keep up the good work, Jack. I know you got lots of questions for Ben. I, I, I think the first one, let, let's just start with the big picture. How do you think the Browns offseason is going so far? So they haven't spent much money, but wow, the talent has been impressive. Uh, yeah, I think they added pieces that they needed. Um, I, I, I think it's, and, and that's the kind of pragmatic approach that they're taking. They're, they're not going to just go out there and blow money like they have in years past. They're going to take a calculated approach like, does this uh, person add to what we have? Is this, is this addition or is this just spending money? And so, you know, I think that's what they got. They went and got a, a, a speedy man corner uh, in Troy Hill, which they, they needed um, desperately. And they, they may have one more. So don't, you know, don't, don't think they they might not be done there. Um, they added a safety that they needed. They can play kind of the robber and John Johnson. Um, and that fits kind of that, that, um, that guy who's flexible can play the robber can come down to the box to do whatever um, that, that Joe Woods likes to run. You know, we're, we're pretty familiar with Joe Woods' defense here in Denver since, you know, he ran it here for a couple of years. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that, that adding those two pieces on the defense, I, I think, um, are, you know, are big. Uh, the question is, can that defense stay healthy? That really was the secondary last year. That was kind of the problem. Um, and as long as that secondary can stay healthy, man, they got a heck of a squad. I mean, we saw, we saw the playoff run last year, you know, and, and I think that these pieces only add to that. Ben, one of the questions we get here in Cleveland a lot is Joe Woods's use of the linebacker position. So you obviously have seen Woods's defense there in Denver. We just brought in Anthony Walker, who was a locker room guy in Indianapolis, kind of got scheme fit pushed out. You know, we re-signed Malcolm Smith. We've got Taki, Mac Wilson. Um, how does Joe Woods use his linebackers in his ideal scenario? Well, you know, even in Joe, Joe loves to run more of a, a hybrid defense that, that ends up being heavy nickel, which is like a three safety look um, and, and two linebackers. And then one of those linebackers is probably like a downhill guy. You know, he's going to be like a run fit downhill guy. You would expect the nickel, both the linebackers to be coverage guys, but really that's, that's kind of not how it is. Um, he likes a downhill guy down when we were, when he was in Denver, that was Todd Davis, you know, Todd Davis, not really much of a coverage guy, mostly goes downhill after the quarterback or after the running backs. Um, and so that that's kind of how he does it. You've got one guy that goes away from the ball one guy that comes downhill and and that's kind of how they do it now they'll, they'll move the safeties around and sometimes that safety will line up as a, as a linebacker as well um they used to do that with will parks quite a bit here in denver um so that's you know i think you'll see a little bit of that probably with john johnson honestly um you know they're they're in cleveland uh where they, they move pieces around a little bit um then and, and you'll see one of those safeties he'll be a slot corner sometimes he'll be a safety sometimes he'll be a linebacker sometimes they they really like to move those guys around so i i, I think that you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of versatility um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's interesting because it looks like, 
at times it can look like a 34 defense even with the way they've got it with the end stand up. It's really 43 rules. So it, it's really similar to like Wade Phillips and what he runs. Um, that That's probably um, with, with a little bit less blitzing. Wade, Wade took more chances, I think, than, than Joe and, and Vance did. So um, that's that's really what it is. And I know Ian's desperate to ask Malik Jackson. How was he in Denver? He's been getting awfully excited about Malik Jackson coming. Uh, he's he's a very good player. Um, you know, he's one of those uh, uh, one of those guys with a high motor. You know, you always talk, you hear high motor guy and all that kind of stuff. He's one of those guys who actually has a high motor. Um, you know, and, and and loves to get after it. He's a guy that uh, if you've got guys around him that can get after the quarterback and he can get those one on ones, he'll dominate those. Now the problems really occur is when you get a defense focusing on him and washing him out. If he doesn't have the talent around him, that could be that could be a bit of a problem. He's flexible. Uh, if you're running a 34, he can line up as far as the five tech. If you're running a 43, you can be the under tackle. Uh, you can move him around, and that, that's that's sort of in those fronts what Joe was like. So, um, you know, it, it would be a, a great addition as far as that goes. Um, I, I think that he's. Uh, a little bit better getting after the quarterback than he is against the run. Um, but overall, I think that uh, overall, I think he's a quality ad. Well, yeah. One of the reasons I kind of took to his liking is obviously I saw him dominate in Denver, then go down to Jacksonville on the big money contract where he played next to Calais Campbell. So the way Andrew Barry is shaping out this defense with Malik Jackson, Sheldon Richardson, Jordan Elliott and Andrew Billings. Those are the five D tackles we have now. It seems like he really favors those three techs, those kind of guys that can play to the outside. You had mentioned that Wade Phillips, don't call it a four, three, three, four, four, three, whatever you want to call it, Cleveland media, where you have some versatility in the middle. So could we see miles pinch in and we're looking maybe to add another edge because those four guys, Billings is obviously the fat guy in the middle. He's primarily a one. The other three though, that's where I kind of said there's got to be some versatility on this line just based on those other three names. I think that's what you're going to get. I think you're going to get different rotations, different looks, different fronts that, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole anybody as one thing because I think they'll move around quite a bit. And that's part of the advantage. You know, at one point you've got fat bodies coming at you and strength, you know, kind of, kind of uh, wearing you out of the middle. And then later on, you know, you've got speed, you, you move miles Garrett inside a little bit. And all of a sudden now you've got speed on top of power coming at you. And, and you know, it, it the, the, the more, different looks and the more different things you can throw at an offensive line, the more it gets them thinking and, and the less reaction time that they have. Uh, and that that's really is key. Uh, the more thinking that you get people to do in the NFL, the, the, the more the game speeds up on them instead of slowing down. And that's, that's, if you're a defense in a, in an offensive heavy league, that's, that's one of the best things you can do. That's awesome. It's going to be exciting to watch what Woods does because he literally had an empty de- deck of cards last year. And now, and now there's, especially when you're looking at them DBs, it's like, God knows what's going to happen. Old, old Sam Donald's going to be seeing ghosts. Um, but with the edge rushers, because they brought in Tack McKinley, who's that sort of, are they absolutely in love with Tack McKinley and like, hey, he can be an edge too. But more likely that they're going to bring someone in. And the question is, no one knows what Clowney wants to do with free agency. It was weird last year. It's weird again this year. Do you, do you see Clowney? You've got Dunlap. You've got Olden Smith. You've got Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram's, I think, just visited the Chiefs. But where do you see them going? Well, I think Tack is more of a rotational guy and a reclamation project. I don't think he's the plan. I think he's the fallback. Um, that said, they are looking at some of these other options. Jadavian Clowney's not going to be um, – 
uh, he's not going to be working out for people till he feels healthy. He's, he's still recovering for some injury stuff. And so he's just kind of told everybody, Hey, when I feel healthy, I'll start working out. That's probably going to be closer to, if not after the draft. Um, so for right now, he's, he's kind of got a pin in it. Some of these other guys though, um, you know, very much could be available very much could be options. I don't think Melvin, Gore, uh, excuse me, Melvin Ingram. I don't think Melvin Ingram's the guy personally. Um, although, you know, maybe, um, Alden Smith could be, if you want to go with another reclamation project, um, you know, he's, he's kind of got some, some off field stuff. You, you definitely have to keep an eye on from his past and that kind of stuff. And you gotta have the right coach to get the most out of him. Um, but there are, there are, there are options there and, and they could look at the draft as well. I mean, there's some options in the draft, you know, as well. I, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things about constructing a roster is making sure your cost control, uh, is balanced, um, you know, on the defensive side, because if you got two edge rushers, you don't want to have both of them on big money contracts. You want to have one on a big money contract and the other on a rookie deal and kind of keep that cost control option going. So, um, I, I think that's that's an option as well. But there there are they are looking at things. Tack McKinley's not the final answer. He's just um, he was insurance. Yeah, Andrew Barry uses the word, and I know Jack and I love it. That sequencing of contracts, right? Because Miles's big money kicks into the twenty million. So now all of a sudden you can't you know rob Peter to pay Paul on the other side. But the one thing about Clowney. When they basically sat him, what, week 10 or 11 in Tennessee, they said, oh, it was a meniscus tear and he was going to have this surgery and he was going to be back. And the entire point of him kind of shutting it down to have the meniscus surgery was so he'd be ready for free agency. Then it's like, well, it's not on the same knee as the microfracture, but now he's talking about April. Just with him, it always seems like there's something. And that's the only thing about him that kind of scares me is, is yes, it's going to be a short money deal, but like, have you heard that he have a setback in his rehab? Is there maybe, was there a little bit more than a meniscus? Cause I feel like a meniscus is not a six month injury. I, I don't think it's a setback. I think it's more that he's cautious about, um, you know, making sure that he's fully healthy before he comes back this time, because it's, it, it, that's been his career, a litany of injuries and, you know, stop starts and things like that. And so I think that um, he understands that this is probably his last cash in. And so I think that he wants to make sure that he maximizes that opportunity. I don't think that, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't think there's a, a, an air quote setback. I think it's more along the lines of, you know, he, he wants to make sure that, that it's 100% before he does this because um, this is really going to be his last opportunity to cash in in the NFL. Yeah, no, great, great info there. The, the cornerback market is sort of that other market where the Browns could, could be interested. So your edge and then it's outside corner. But Dory Jackson looks like he, he's not going to get out of a uh, – New York without a deal and it sort of leaves three other names in there two bigger and one smaller so you've got Malcolm Butler and Casey Hayward and then you've just got a wild card that just keeps getting linked to the Browns and that's Gary and Conley just any sort of views on them I think Conley is probably the more likely of the three, to be honest with you. Malcolm Butler, um, you know, I think we've all seen his career. We all know about him. The thing about Casey Hayward is he kind of fell off a little bit. I'm not sure that he's really a scheme fit. He's more of a press zone guy. He's a better fit for like a cover three team like the Raiders. Um, he's really not a fit for a team that runs as much man as Cleveland's going to run. Gary and Conley, however, is, you know, he's a guy who's, who's built him on man. So that to me, it feels like that's the way it was going to be. I, I thought Adore might, might get over there to Cleveland, but, um, and I'm not hundred percent on him getting to New York. He wants to get closer to home, which is out there in California, like the Raiders or the, you know, the, the chargers, things like that. But, um, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see where he winds up. I, I initially, I thought the the Browns, but when you, once you got Hill, I think that took you out of the market because Jackson wants at least 10 million a year, which I, you know, I think is a little high. Um, and then, you know, I, Conley comes in at, at a price point, I think that favors, um, that favors the Browns. So I, I think that of the three, to me, that's the one that jumps out. Yeah. Conley's the one that makes sense. Obviously 
from Ohio, played at Ohio State, has a good relationship with Denzel Ward. He's that kind of, he came into the NFL with the baggage and the, you know, the allegations that turned out to be false. He's never really gotten his career going. So I think a place that's maybe a little bit more comfortable to home for him could be a good start. But, you know, one of the other things in Cleveland that's ironic this year, because the draft is finally in Cleveland is the Browns don't have a top five pick top 10, top 20 or top 25 pick. So Browns fans at this point are like, well, what the hell do we do? We haven't picked this low in the draft since the nineties or whatever it is. So Denver's sitting in a very interesting because they've had an exciting offseason as well. In terms of maybe the Broncos sitting there at nine and where you see them going, and then is Andrew Barry in a position now where he sits back at 26 and lets the board fall to him? Maybe is there a position you can think of that makes sense? Just curious your thoughts on both the Broncos and the Browns in terms of their draft slots. Well, I mean, the Browns, that's exactly what you do. You, you see what falls in your lap and, you, and you're flexible in case there's something that, you know, was a top seven pick that happens to fall into the twenties and you might need to move up just a little bit to get them that kind of thing. I, I think that's, I think that's where you want to be flexible. Um, but most of the time when you're picking there, you're just waiting to see what falls to you, what other teams pass up and why and let them fall in your lap. The, um, you know, as far as the Broncos go, I, I don't think they're going to be picking at nine. I, I think they're going to trade back. Um, I just do. I, I know there's people that think that they're all over different quarterbacks and Deshaun Watson and all this other stuff. They're right now with the legal stuff, they're out on Watson until that gets cleaned up. Um, and as far as the quarterbacks go, really their plan is but more along finding somebody with some starting experience to to compete with Drew Locke rather than a rookie that they have to develop. Um, you know, and, and, and go from there. So I I think that uh, if I'm Denver, um, and I think what they're eyeballing is a trade back. Uh, in the first round and, and kind of going and accumulating draft picks in future years um, more so than anything else. So I, you know, it, it, the Broncos could be picking closer to where the Browns are picking by the time the draft night rolls around. What are the chances a 170 pound receiver from Alabama falls into the twenties? Very low. Um, in fact, I'd be surprised if he fell out of the top three. So um, Miami, yeah. you think they take Devonta I, over Jamar? I think, I think so right now. Um, that's kind of what's coming out of their organization anyway. We'll, we'll see if that, you know, we'll see if that's a, a real leak or if that's just them, you know, BSing people. But um, I, I think that uh, uh, right now it, it certainly looks that way. Um, and Miami's a stubborn team. Like when they get their guy, they're just on that and they don't care. Like they don't care that people say it's overdrafted. They don't care about that kind of stuff. They're just like, this is our guy. We're going to take him. There you go. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think that uh, I think people that are all like, well, they have to trade back if they're doing that, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. I, I, those really doesn't reflect the organizational philosophy uh, with a lot of this stuff that comes out. So for me, um, yeah, I don't, Devonta Smith is definitely not going to be there in the twenties, even if they don't take him at three. Damn. All right. I'll go ahead and burst the Browns uh, Twitter verse bubble on that one. Yeah. Ben, the, uh, the draft is in Cleveland. It's been announced today that there's going to be masks and fans are allowed in. Are you going to come over for the draft? That is the plan, actually. I am planning on being there. So for me, it'll be my uh, my first visit to the city of Cleveland. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. Hang on a minute. You've never been to Cleveland before? I've never been to Cleveland. Well, look, that's, there's a world exclusive there straight away. And, and the Browns are playing Denver this year. Yes, with the 17 game schedule. Now, I don't think I don't I'm not sure if that's announced yet or any of that kind of stuff, but they are going to a 17 game schedule and they will play. So could you get two Cleveland visits uh, this year, do you reckon? Maybe? Um, if they, yeah, if they're playing in Cleveland, if it's in Cleveland, I don't know if it's in Denver or in Cleveland. If it's in Cleveland, I'll be there for that game as well. Awesome. 50% of this podcast will be at the draft. <laughs> and, and last question, if there's one juicy nugget out there for Cleveland Browns fans, any insider you've got, what, uh, what world exclusives can you give us, Ben? Um, man, that's a good one. 
Um, you know, I gave Zagura the Higgins signing before that happened. I'm trying to think. Of oh, you gave else. it to Nathan before us. I, I mean, you know, he asked. I was on the air. He asked. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else right now off the top of my head that's uh, is coming through. I know there are. Um, I know they're still going to be active in free agency. Um, they are not done, so they're they're just kind of waiting for the wave two prices to come down. Wouldn't be surprised to see them make more than one move, specifically at the edge, um, and then along the offensive line as well. Um, they had quietly kind of inquired what uh, if anybody was interested in Odell Beckham, but I think they're interested in running it back with him. I don't think they're interested in trading him at all. I think they were just kind of seeing what the market value was more than anything else. Awesome. Well, look, Ben, thank you so much for your time as always. Always good to get you on. And mate, I'm looking forward to that beer somewhere in the US or one day coming to London and we're looking after you over here. Sounds like a plan, man. Ben, one thank you last so much question. for your time. One uh, cheeky yeah. last question. One cheeky yeah. one. One cheeky one. Uh, David Njoku, there's obviously been the hype of, hey, will he get traded? Will he not get traded? Ha- have you heard any noise? Um, if it doesn't happen before the draft, it's not happening. Oh, that's an exclusive. We'll take that. All right, Ben, thank you so much, mate, and see you over, the, over there in Denver soon or Cleveland. Sounds good. Mate, legend. Thanks a lot, buddy. Go Browns. Go Browns. Such a crew.